God bless and welcome to the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. I'm your host, Anthony Wilson, and this is the first podcast of the year. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited for what God is doing, um, how he's blessed us to get through 2021, Delta, Omicron, and all kinds of things flying out there, but uh, God has blessed us and kept us uh, to keep moving forward. Thank you for all those that are supporting. Thank you so much for viewing and listening and watching and contributing. Um, we couldn't do this without the faithful support of uh, our supporters. And some of you may feel like, oh, it's not enough. You know, I wish I could do more. And some of you have you stepped up and you've done more. And it's been a blessing for us. And just uh, we just thank God. And we just pray that God blesses you uh, and returns to you uh, some hundredfold for what you have uh, given to this podcast. Uh, Remember, you can go to anchor.fm uh, slash Anthony Wilson slash support uh, to sign up to be a monthly contributor. And um, they're the engine that keeps this thing going as our monthly contributors. But if you're a person that says, well, I want to bless you, I want to give you something big and, you know, be done with it. You can go to cash app dollar sign uh, a Wilson two two seventy three and you can drop a gift there. Uh, we just thank you for listening. Um, those that are uh, listening on different platforms, uh, we are on Spotify, CastBox, uh, we're on um, iTunes, Apple, um, uh, we're now on Buzzsprouts, and um, we are expanding a little more this year uh, to some new platforms. So thank you again for our contributors. Thank you for listening. Um, we're going to pick it up. Uh, you're going to be jumping into a Bible study teaching that um, actually it's a presentation. It's not really a Bible study teaching. It's a presentation on the baptism of Jesus. And I'm going to dive into um, the baptism, what baptism is. Um, I'm going to look at the Holy Spirit and fire, both Old Testament and New Testament. Uh, I'm even going to talk about how do we know that Jesus is the Son of God? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I can't wait to dive into that. So uh, make sure you uh, share this with someone. Uh, make sure that you have pen, pad, Bible, Strong's Concordance, and you're ready to follow as we go through the scriptures and we break down uh, the baptism of Christ. Uh, God bless. and get in but i like how you uh broke down that baptism for them according to the old testament and their custom at that time was about repentance you know our lord and savior didn't need repentance so that's why there was even a dilemma in the first place so i like how you really drill it out and um i like how you know you tell us what the, it was the things to come so <laughs> those are my couple things so, yeah, and, and, and we're going to dive deeper into that, the the transformation from the ritual um, washing of the priest to um, the mikvah to John's baptism to Christian baptism and how all these, there's like a, a progression over um, time where it, ch it changes. And so we'll, we'll dive deeper into that uh, this evening.
Uh, anybody else? Anything else that stood out from Sunday? Uh, Nikki, is that a hand up? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> um, apologies, I was not present Sunday. But, um, I was going to say kind of what Pastor T said, said um, that he was like, uh uh-uh, uh, we have to fulfill, it's fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. So that's stood out. And then also, um, and my, this is just kind of what set out for me now in reading this is that the Trinity was there all at once. But Jesus, when he came about the water, and then the Holy Spirit was ascending, and then the voice um, of God, all three right there in that same yeah. time. Yeah, and that's a, that's a good observation. You know, people argue over Trinity, over, you know, what you should call it, you know, because Trinity or triune God, you know, the Bible you know, calls it the Godhead, um, and people argue over that, but there's no arguing over what you read right there, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. I can't, you can't get around that. You see the Son, you see the Father, and you see the Holy Spirit. Spirit. But Mm -hmm. yet Jesus says we're all one, so you have to believe what he says. You can't say, well, I think, you know, they're all the same, and they're just different modes of each one. No, they are separate but yet they are one, they are unified. Um, and so we see in, in this passage, yeah, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So it's a good observation. Anybody else, anything that stood out from Sunday before we dive into um, our, our main lesson for tonight? Uh, we're going to be looking at, first we're going to look at baptism. Um, then we're going to look at the Holy Spirit and fire, both Old Testament and New Testament. Um, and then we're going to look at um, how do we know that Jesus is the Son of God? And so hopefully we can kind of cover those things, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what we can get to. Anything else from Sunday? No? Yes, maybe? Uh, Willie's got his hand up. Can y'all hear me? Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, what um, what really stood out to me on Sunday, one of the things that did stand out besides um, um, God being one was the baptism part where, you know, we put emphasis on baptism, but how he was really fulfilling Old Testament when him himself was the high priest and how it wasn't even called a baptism, it was just called a mikvah. But he came in as the high priest to fulfill all righteousness. And just like um, the high priest Moses, um, I believe it was either him that was cleansed or he was doing the cleansing. He came in that form as the high priest and the sacrifice. Like, man, it was just powerful. That part really stood out to me in a serious way. Okay. right all right so we're gonna move forward we've got a lot to cover um, let's look at some geography um, in the passage it talks about um, Jesus coming from Galilee um, to the Jordan River and so the Sea of Galilee is uh, a little bit bigger it's a little wider 
and it empties into the Jordan River. So Jesus comes from Galilee to the Jordan River, which is kind of like a main vein down the middle of uh, this area. See Jerusalem down here at the bottom with Judea. Um, uh oh, go back. Um, Samaria. That's a familiar place that Jesus ministered. He did a lot of ministry in Capernaum, right? Um, Bethesda, um, Caesarea Philippi. That's where um, Peter makes the great confession that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, you know, uh, that part there. Um, and so kind of this is what it looked like at that time. And so the Jordan River runs along here. And so Jesus came down and was baptized there. The Jordan River is also in the book of Joshua where the Israelites crossed over, right? They crossed over the Jordan River as they uh, were going to uh, conquer and um, receive the promised land. Uh, and so that was the Jordan River has a long history um, amongst the people of Israel. And so john baptizing there um is interesting um here we're going to take a look at um what is called the brazen lever or lever whichever the bronze lever brazen lever um this is what they use for the ritual washing and so this was in between um uh when you come into the courtyard of the tabernacle area and before you uh, before you get to the altar before you go into the tent of meeting um, you had to wash your hands and your feet before going into the tent of meeting now this is what they would have used during the time of Moses because remember the tabernacle was um, temporary it traveled uh, they moved it around a lot. So they had to have something that they could break down and put back up. And so um, this is what it probably would have looked like um, during that time frame. This is what it would look like um, in the temple. So let me see if I can move this down a little bit. Yeah, this is what it looked like in the temple. Now this looks more like what we view as a baptismal, right? <laughs> um, but this pool here is called the mikvah. Um, and so the priest would go down into this water, be washed head to toe, and then they would come out uh, so that they can then uh, serve. And so Aaron and his sons, they shall wash them with water and so uh, the priest would go in there. So Moses would be the one that would wash them. Uh, this thing in his hand, he would dip the water in there, pour it over their head. Because uh, they couldn't, actually they weren't allowed to, weren't allowed to wash themselves. Just so you know. <laughs> um, let's take a look at these scriptures. Go to Exodus chapter 29 verse 4. Um Maybe we'll read a little bit up at verse 1 so we can get a little more context. 
Exodus 29. Okay. Exodus 29. We'll start at verse... <coughs> excuse me. We'll start at verse 1, um, just to get a little context here. Uh, any, would, does anybody have anybody like to read? Go ahead. Exodus 29, verse 1. And this is what you shall do to them to hollow them for ministering to me as priests. Take one young bull and two rams without blemish, and unleavened bread, unleavened cakes mixed with oil, and unleavened wafers anointed with oil. You shall make them of wheat flour. You shall put them in one basket and bring them in the, and bring them in the basket with the bull and the two rams. And Aaron and his sons you shall bring to the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and you shall wash them with water. Then you shall take the garments, put the tunic on Aaron, and the robe of the ephod, the ephod and the breastplate, and and gird him up with the intricately woven band of the ephod. You shall put the turban on his head and put the holy crown on the turban. And you shall take anointing oil, pour it on his head, and anoint him. Okay, stop there. All right. So, um, in listening to that, um, barring the garments, what, what, do you, what do you see here that seems um, similar to what happened at the baptism of, of Jesus? Anybody? Anybody see anything similar? I'll give you a hint. Verses 4 and verse 7. Marie? Epic. <laughs> Uh, either one's fine. I don't want to put any on anybody. But so what I see is, um, okay, so verse four is speaking about about the 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 water, and I know it says that um, we have to be born again by the Spirit and water. And so on verse four we see about the 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 water, and then on verse seven it talks about the anointing oil and anointing him by pouring it on his head. And so I think when you anoint, when someone's anointed, they're set apart for something. And I'm just thinking about when the dove lit upon him, um, how that was like, uh, oh, right here too, also verse nine, the priesthood is theirs by a lasting ordinance. And so when the uh, high priest came uh, in the person of Jesus Christ, then it also fulfilled that lineage. I don't know if I said anything right. Yeah, yeah. Verse 4, you see the washing. You know, yep. um, John baptizes Jesus in the water. And then verse 7, you see the anointing, and specifically on his head. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think that's a coincidence. Um because Jesus said that it needed to be done 
to fulfill all righteousness, that it need to be done um, correctly because knowing that he was going to be our high, our high priest. And we'll talk about um, being born of the water and of the spirit. Actually, I'm going to talk about that Sunday. I might touch on it tonight, but I don't want to go too deep into it. Um, yeah, so verse 4 and verse 7, um, like I said, outside of the priestly garments, uh, because Jesus um, doesn't need the priestly garment because all of that is in him. He is that. He, you know, the, the ephod, the, um, uh, the, the stones of Israel, all that is within him. Um, but physically he needed to be baptized, which was a sign of the consecrating of the priest and then the anointing coming down on him to be able to function in that office. Questions, comments, concerns. Okay. Now, in Leviticus uh, chapter 8, basically it's the same scene, um, pretty much identical to what we see here. Uh, basically, it's just Moses being told what to do to anoint the priests and to get them ready to serve. G. Barry and then Marie. Uh-oh. Uh, um, Marie, you... that was an accident. I apologize. Oh, okay. I didn't even know I did that. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Willie, your reception was a little bad. Yeah, he said, "Hold on." Any other questions while he's getting his um reception together? Okay, so, so I, I think you know th this picture is is important, and there is a lot more that I want to cover on Sunday, but uh, everything that Jesus does, it's because it's written, because Jesus is the Word made flesh, and so it, what's interesting about his life is that there's nothing that happens, there's no major events in his life that happen that were not written in Scripture. That in some way, shape, or form, um, you can go back to the Old Testament, take a look at it, um, and Jesus is fulfilling something. You know, he told the two disciples on the road to Emmaus that everything that was written about him was in the Law, the Prophets, and the Psalms. And so... In the law, which is the first five books of the Bible, the prophets, and then even the Psalms, he says, they were testifying about me. I mean, imagine, you know, getting to the place where you could preach the gospel without going to the New Testament, that you could actually show people who Jesus is by going to the Old Testament scriptures that the first century Christians were using because they didn't have the New Testament. We have the New Testament. So a lot of times we're looking back on Jesus instead of looking forward to Jesus. And so when we go to the Old Testament, we've got to recognize that the Old Testament is testifying of him in some way, shape or form. 
not everything in the Old Testament, but the big major themes are focused on uh, the coming of the Messiah. Willie, did you get your connection together? No, he's still still rough. Okay, all right. Well, we'll we'll circle back. Circle back. Okay, so. Uh, what was the purpose of John's baptism? Does anybody know what the purpose of John's baptism was? Why was John baptizing people? Epic? The reason that he was baptizing, okay. So there was John's baptism, and then there was the baptism that came after that, which was Jesus baptized, even though he didn't baptize, it was his disciples baptizing. So the, the, the baptism of John was the baptism of repentance to tell people to turn from their sin and prepare their hearts to receive the Savior. Um, he was a voice in the wilderness crying, make way... Uh, uh, you know, make straight a path for the way of the Lord. And so his baptism, he was the predecessor um, of, okay, so far, okay, let me stop for a second, see if I'm saying this right. So the purpose of John's baptism was to encourage people to turn for their, from their sins. And if you don't have a heart that wants to turn from your sin, obviously you're not going to want to receive Christ anyway. So his baptism was for the repentance of sins and his ministry was to prepare the way for the Lord. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um hundred percent correct. Uh does anybody know um what the sins of Israel what what they were? anybody know um, everybody who read Luke probably knows a lot more uh, because they were spelled out spelled out in Luke uh, Marie you want to jump so back in there I, I don't know if this is what it's gonna be because I don't know if I read uh, Luke right away but when I'm one thing that I know the sins of the father the, the sins of the father's words of the Israelites was they tested God in the rebellion. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, they, they tested God and, and they kept pushing him. Uh, they said, give us crap, you know, give us meat. Oh, we want this, we want that. And and tempted him to slay them so many times. You know what I'm saying? Um, he said, as long as there's snake in our heart and your heart says you did in rebellion. So their sins were many. That's why all their their bodies and their carcasses fell in the wilderness, except for just you know those that whole generation perished because they, you know they weren't fit to enter the promised land because they they violated you know so so much of they weren't walking by faith. That's one sin is that they they were faithless. They were a faithless nation. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think you went back you know, uh, pretty far. Um, Sorry. but yes, 
yes, those were those were sins that they committed in the Old Testament. Um, let's take a look at the sins that they were committing at that time. Um, everybody go to Luke chapter 3. Um, and we're going to look at... Um, actually, we'll just start at verse 7. And we'll kind of read through and kind of talk about the things that John was um, commanding them to repent of. Luke chapter 3 um, and start at verse 7. Who would like to read? Get a volunteer. I'll read it. Oh, go ahead. Thank you, Tim. Um, okay, so start at verse 7. Mm-hmm. So he began saying to the crowds who were going out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Therefore, bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that from these stones, God is able to raise up children to Abraham. Indeed, the axe is already laid at the root of the trees. So every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds were questioning him, saying, Then what shall we do? Hmm. And he would answer and say to them, the man who has two tunics. Do you want me to keep going? Or yeah, keep going. Here? We got to get the into it. The man who has mm-hmm. two tunics is to share with him who has none. And he who has food is to do likewise. Stop there. And some, okay. So, so what, what, what is the sin there? Because hmm. they asked, Greed. what do we do? What what do we do? Yeah, they, they, were, they were greedy. They were covetous. Um, mm-hmm. they were selfish. <laughs> they selfish. Yeah. Uh huh. Anything else? Anybody? <laughs> Getting by with the bare minimum. Right. Uh, 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 Epic. I'm gonna let Amber answer. You you've been the the star of the class, so we're gonna let some other people answer. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say that, well, reiterate that they weren't grateful for what they had appreciative. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, where were you at, Tim? Verse 10, 11, 12. Pick it up at verse 12. Verse 12? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and some tax collectors also came to be baptized and they said to him teacher what shall we do and he said to them collect no more than what you have been ordered to some soldiers were questioning him saying and what about us what shall we do and he said to them do not take money from anyone by force or accuse anyone falsely and be content with your wages Now, while the people were in a state of expectation and all were wondering in their hearts about John as to whether he was the Christ, John answered and said to them, said to them all, as for me, 
I baptize you with water, but one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, stop there. And fire, yes. So, um, you see how John is preaching to the people where they are. And his goal is for each person, based upon who they are, where they are in their, their life and economic status, whatever their position is in life, to look at where they are and change from what they were doing to what they should be doing. Now, I, I love this because if you think about what is what is the main sin that these people were committing? They're all committing the same sin. Yes, there's individual ones that we're looking at, but they're all committing the same sin. What is that sin that they're committing? Nikki? I'm just you know, stabbing in the dark. Mm -hmm. um, but it seems as if they're all kind of taking more than what is theirs. Um, he's telling them, don't collect more than what's due mm -hmm. with the soldiers. Don't be a bully. Don't be out there taking, you know, intimidating folks. Be so, content with your wages. So what is that? Covetedness. No. Or is that... There's no. one there's one sin that's one thing that would cover all of those. Greed? No, that's the same as covetousness. Um let me let me phrase it this way. They are not doing blank. Loving thy neighbor. There you go. Oh, I'm right out. <laughs> I mean look at loving it. Loving thy neighbor. <laughs> look at it. They're not loving their neighbor. <clears throat> look at each and every one of them. They are all mistreating their neighbor. Oh, okay. Wow, everybody's like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> uh, epic. <laughs> literally, I won't, I'm going to try not to say anything else. <laughs> but I just, no, literally, I just wanted to say, Okay, because, you know, the whole law, he said, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second most important one is love your neighbor as yourself. And this sums up the whole law. It's and that's whole what law. they weren't doing. That's what they weren't doing. And so they were basically transgressing the entire law in just that. In that. And just that. They, they weren't loving their neighbor, so they can't really be loving God because the Bible says, how can you say you love God but hate your brother? You know, so they were transgressing the entire law right here. And you could break it down to the individual, you know, detailed charges, right? <laughs> like, you know, but really, it's those things. Love God, love your neighbor. They weren't loving their neighbor, so they weren't loving God. Willie. <coughs> Ah, you're still breaking up really bad. You must be in a really bad area. <laughs> we'll have to come back to you. And so John's John's purpose, the purpose of John's baptism was repentance. Um, and this is interesting because what is the purpose of 
Christian baptism today from the book of Acts on for us. What is the purpose of baptism? Well, he's at a new hand. You got your reception issues taken care of. Uh, Amber? Um, is that the, the purpose of baptism? Yeah, what is the purpose of baptism for us? John's baptism was the baptism of repentance. What is the purpose of the baptism from the book of Acts on into the church? It's just um, to show others what we've already done in our hearts as far as following Jesus Christ to be so that it can it can be like a testament or you know like mm -hmm. show others um, get them interested in what, what it is that we've already done in our hearts okay yeah that's simple enough yeah anybody want to add anything to it or uh, the Thompsons or Miss Edie and Hands are popping um, up and down, up and down. <laughs> I think I, um, for us, it's our salvation. And then through that baptism, we get the Holy Spirit as well. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, when I think about baptism, um, I think about it in the way that... Um, Amber posed it, that it is a symbol of our salvation. Um, mm -hmm. It's a way that we show people our salvation. But let me get to some of these other hands, and then we'll we'll really dive into it. Um, who was first, Nikki and then uh, the Robinsons? I just kind of piggybacking on what everybody's saying, the, the washing away, kind of like you go in and then you come back out, and the, the, the washing away of the sins, and just like a public display of that as well. Okay. Uh, Robinsons. Yeah, just to piggyback a little bit more from Miss Nikki, it, it shows one what our Savior did. Mm -hmm. You know, it shows that he he died, but he also rose. Mm. So it shows the resurrection. Mm -hmm. You know, and so mm -hmm. when we submerge ourselves, we're dying to this world and to who we used to be without Christ. And when we rise, we're now in Christ. It shows a new creation. Mm -hmm. For all things have um, been done away with, behold, all things are new. So baptism shows that, but it also shows future things that come for us, that mm -hmm. this is not permanent for us, that we'll rise again with him. So baptism is like really powerful. It's like really, really, really deep. Right, right. That's mm -hmm. good, that's good. So let's take a look at this. So, uh, let's go back. There we go. Trying to move this thing around. Here we go. So, uh, John's baptism um, was repentance. Um, and let's take a look at these verses. We're going to go through them real quick. So, John's baptism was repentance. Acts chapter 19, verses 3 through 5. And the reason why I'm going there is because even in the book of Acts, they looked at John's 
baptism as repentance. That's what they looked at it as. And so Acts chapter 19, verses 3 through 5. Let's, let's go there. Let's get a reader. Acts chapter 19, verses 3 through 5. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them... Okay, you can stop there. We don't want to go too far into the rest of it. So, yeah. So, this is the Apostle Paul. He meets some disciples on the road. He asks them... You know, context, he asked them, you know, have you guys, you know, uh, received the spirit? And they're like, we haven't heard of the Holy Spirit. And he said, so what were you baptized into? And he said, we're baptized into John's baptism. He said, oh, yeah. Well, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Okay. Now, this is Paul. So lock that in your mind because we want to think about the Bible in context. The Apostle Paul agrees that John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Okay? Now let's look at the Christian baptism. Christian baptism is a baptism of newness of life. Let's go to Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Now again, this is the same person talking. This is going to be the Apostle Paul teaching the churches. Remember, the guy said they were baptized into John's baptism. Paul said, yes, John's baptism was indeed baptism to repentance. But look at what he says about baptism for a Christian or someone in the church. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Who's got it? TC. Okay. Romans 6, 1 through 4, you say? Mm-hmm. What shall we say there? Shall we continue to sin? That grace may abound, certainly not. I'm in the right place, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I see that right. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Or do we not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through the baptism and death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Lord, even so we, also shall walk in a newness of life. Okay. So, John then, right? Uh, 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 Paul says, John's baptism was the baptism of repentance. And then what does he do? He baptizes them in the name of Jesus. So why did he baptize them in the name of Jesus? According to Romans uh, 6, 1 through 4, why, why, why are they baptized into Jesus? Come on, come on. Why were they baptized into Jesus? For what purpose? For newness of life. For newness of life. For newness of life. So John's baptism gave them what? Class? (laughs) What did John's baptism do? Repentance. Okay. Yeah, I need you to get this because you may have to teach this to somebody. You may have to tell somebody this. John's baptism was what? Say it again. 
repentance. But in Christ we are baptized for what reason? Newness of life. Newness of life. Okay? So there's a difference there. Right? John's baptism was for repentance. Now we already talked about Jesus' baptism was fulfillment, right? He was fulfilling all righteousness. So we already we, we kind of covered that. That's why I jumped over that. But the Christian baptism is newness of life. That the picture is what we are showing people, as Amber stated, what we're showing people is that we have been buried with Christ and therefore we have now been risen with Christ. And when Jesus came out of the grave, he wasn't the person that he was when he died, right? He came back new. He came back with an incorruptible body. He came back with a body that was ready to go into the presence of the Lord. And that's what is to happen for us. And so this is a symbol of that, that we are affiliating ourselves with Jesus. So when we come up from the water, we're supposed to come up with the idea that from that point forward, we are not going to live the life that we lived before. We're going to live this new life in Christ. All right. Any questions, comments, concerns? No? All right. We're rolling. Um, now, Jesus himself, according to John, uh, let's go back. Just trying to move this thing out the way. Here we go. So, this is what John says about Jesus and his baptism that he would baptize with. And this is the this is this is the baptism into Christ. This is what Paul is talking about that produces new life. And so uh, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. So who is that? Who 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 must be talking there? Who's talking there? Come on, class. That's John. That's John. Be confident about it because we know what John's repentance, John's baptism is. John's baptism is repentance. So if he, so if this person is saying, "I baptize you um, with water unto repentance," it's got to be John talking, because that's what his baptism was, right? All right, here we go. But he who is coming after me uh, is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay. So let's take let's take a couple of shots at this. This particular passage here has a two has a two-way go. <laughs> and here's what I mean by that. It has a Old Testament backdrop and a New Testament fulfillment. Okay? And when you get this, oh man, I'm about to mess y'all up. When you get this, and so Holy Spirit and fire, get that in your mind. What is the writer Matthew here talking about? Because he's recounting what John said about Jesus. What does he mean by Holy Spirit and fire? Come on, real quick, take a shot at it. Don't be shy. 
Epic. <laughs> okay. Well, I have a couple of guesses, but one is... Um, you only get one. That's going to be tricky. Okay, hold on, hold on. Well, when, when Christ departs and goes to be with the Father and sit at the right hand of God, and he goes and leaves the Comforter, and they're up in the upper room, and the tongues of flame descend on them and it's the holy spirit that could be one okay any anybody have something different than that because she said she had a couple so does anybody have anything different than that do i get another five nope <laughs> pastor tc what you got this is a good question pastor because this is yeah. one part i did not understand hmm. while i was studying this um but I'm going to speculate, so this might be wrong. And I usually don't like speculating, but I'll take a page from my boy, uh, Willie G. Berries, and struggle out loud. I know the children of Israel were led cloud by day, fire by night. So when I hear Holy Spirit and fire, it's, it sounds like God's always going to be with them, like his spirit. So, like, I, I don't know, that's like, because I know in the in the upper room, that's what happened. The Holy Spirit came upon them. And that was God's promise to them. The Holy Spirit will be with them forever. That they'll be led by the Spirit of God, no longer by the ordinance or tablets. That That's what I'm, I'm seeing with this, but I, I actually don't know. So I'm kind of glad you're talking about this. Well, well, well here's, what, here's what's crazy, is that both of you are absolutely correct. That's crazy. And, I, like, I felt really wise. And, and, and I wasn't sure that you were going to you're going to be able to put it together. But when you look back into the Old Testament, how did God lead Israel? He led them with a pillar of fire by day. I mean, a pillar a, a, a pillar of cloud, sorry, by day and the pillar of fire by night. Now, this was called a, they call it, scholars called a theophany. You know, that it's God who is the pillar of cloud and he's the pillar of fire. So you see both cloud and fire and God's perpetual presence with the Israelites continually. Then you look forward to the, the book of Acts and you get the same imagery. But if you don't look back, then you can't understand what's forward because in between is this promise that the way he was with Israel, <laughs> he was going to be that way in the New Testament. That once he pours out a spirit, he's going to be with all men. And so day of Pentecost, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind. Wait a minute. Sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, which is pneuma, which is wind, breath. Or spirit, right? And it filled all the house where they were sitting. This is like the, the, the cloud that sat at the front of the tabernacle of meeting. There was a cloud that stood at the tabernacle of meeting. Okay? And there appeared to them cloven tongues. And this is, this is uh, the King James Version. So cloven just means divided or diverse tongues. Like as a fire. So it wasn't fire. But they were like fire. And it sat upon each of them. And 
they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so this imagery of God's perpetual presence um, is a picture of spirit and fire. You know, a lot of people do a lot of weird things with this, right? But I want you guys to see this. For a Christian, now if you're not a Christian, fire represents judgment. <laughs> but you, if you are a Christian, fire represents, number one, God's presence. And let's take a look at that in Exodus 24. Uh, let's take a look at that in Exodus 24. We'll look at a few verses. And it's interesting because this still has to do with the priests. <laughs> it's just, this is amazing. Um, let's start at verse 4. No, let's not start that far back. Um just because we don't have a lot of time to talk about it. Let's start at verse 15. So if anybody wants to read, start at verse 15 and read to verse 18. So we can get context. Verse 15 to 18, who's got it? Nobody? I have it. Okay, go ahead. 2415 Exodus. Mm -hmm. And it reads Then Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. So, now picture this. A cloud <clears throat> was like a consuming fire. Now, I mean, try to picture that. That this cloud that was on top of the mountain, that was the glory of the Lord, was like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. So what is it what is it really saying here? How many are I know it's rough to see the imagery because the fire and the cloud probably in your mind don't fit together, but they are together as representing the presence of God. Uh let's see. Uh Tim? Uh yeah, I just had a quick question. It I was looking at the different translations, and they all seem to say that in the sight of the people, mm -hmm. that it appeared like a consuming fire. Right, right. Come on. Talk about it. Come on. So, does that imply that maybe Moses saw something different? No, 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 no. No, no, no. No? No. Go, no. With, the, go with that, because that's exactly what we're trying to capture. Because what you're getting okay. ready to see here... Is the imagery so the, the, the it the, it appeared to the people this cloud right. appeared like a consuming fire? What is being said here? Mm. Okay, let's, let's. Anybody else? Uh, two hands. I don't know what these hands are. Let's see, Tim. One of them is still your hand, Tim. I'll take that down. Sorry. Um, somebody else's hand was up. Epic. 
Yeah, so a consumer, so our God is a consuming fire. In every, he, the fire consumes the chaff and it burns away anything that's not of Him. And so, uh, in, in the in the um, so like when um, like when there was the burning bush, for example, the bush was burning, but it was not consumed. He, he's a consuming fire, so the only thing that's going to remain is the things that make it through the fire that have been purified. Right, but what what is what is this what is being said here? That when the people look up at this cloud, which is the glory of God, they said the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain. I'll give somebody else one more shot, and then I'm gonna give it to you. Anybody else want to jump in there? All right, can you hear me finally? Yes. Man, finally. Jeez. Yeah, man, Um, I commented I just put transformation and purification. It's actually one of the guesses I put about 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. We, um, we... We uh, resolved that it was Acts chapter 2 and then the pillar of fire and the cloud, uh, the, the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night is what is meant by Holy Spirit and fire. The result of that is what you put. So that would be the result, not the image that Old Testament and New Testament come together and marry in uh, Jesus to, you know, to, to give the imagery of Holy Spirit and fire. So yeah, that that was good. That was the result. Was the purification and um, he goes before us and he comes behind us. So everything in the Old Testament is looking forward to Christ, and then he closes it in in the New Testament. Absolutely. I know that's not what it's about, but I do right. Think but that's that. but that is true. That is true. Tim, you you figured yeah, it out? Did you, a, you figure it out? <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm trying to get something clear. I, I almost said uh, when you were asking that question about the fire, the thing that came to my mind was the fiery trial that comes to test you. Mm -hmm. But um, and and listening to first, I thought, well, I was just way off because you were talking about the fire that went before them, right, in the wilderness. But right. Is there something to that that yeah that um, is that is the third representation of fire um so the second representation of fire is purification that's the testing the testing right but we're talking about the mountain and so I'm just gonna oh. go ahead and give it to you that this glory cloud that was on the mountain consumed the mountain so that the mountain almost disappeared in their eyes. And the only thing that they could use to describe something being consumed that way is the way fire consumes something. Uh. And so it, that's why I was like, uh, we're, we're looking past it because this imagery, Holy Spirit and fire, is about God consuming us totally and completely. And so his presence is so uh, uh, all-consuming that it fills everything. That's why the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. 
So it filled the temple that they were in or the room that they were in, and then it filled them. And that's that picture of God being like, remember, it says like a consuming fire. And so uh, that's the perpetual presence of God is that his presence is all consuming. Then we have number two, the fire represents purification. Okay, hand goes up, epic. And Tim, is that a new okay. hand or old hand? I'm, I'm thinking about the, okay, in the Old Testament, at the temple, how the fire, they lit those things with the with the uh, censers, and the fire was never to go out. Right, to represent the perpetual presence yep. of God. Right. So number two, fire represents the purification. And this is what Willie was alluding to, the, the what fire represents is purification. First Peter chapter uh, one, verses six through eight. Let's go there really quickly. Nope. All right. And I'll just read this one real quick. First Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. In this you greatly rejoice, that though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various tri trials. Sorry. Uh, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by what? Fire may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And so fire there. So you got fire in the Old Testament representing the presence of God on on um, Mount Hermit, Mount Sinai, you see fire uh, representing purification. And now uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, the fire is how you get the aroma for the incense. You can't have a sweet-smelling aroma unless you burn the incense with fire. So here's what it says, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. He says, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. The only way you get that is by fire. Except to burn the incense. Man, I wish I had time to really dig into that. Some of the stuff that we go through, as as uh, Tim said, those fiery trials that come to test you, all they're doing is releasing the aroma. Oh, no. That's good. Oh, no. They're, they're just releasing the aroma of Christ. So trials in the aroma show we belong to him. Yeah. I, tr tr the way we handle the trial mm. is worship to him. Oh. Mm, that's good. Oh. Mm. Mm. So, so you handle the trial through enduring, right? Uh, think it not strange, the fiery trials that come to test you, so some strange thing has happened to you, right? Because 
the glory of God and the spirit of God rest on you. What is the glory of God? The glory of God is his presence. And that's what they had in the Old Testament as they were going through trials, the pillar by day and the fire by night. God was always with them, even though they were going through trials. Willie and then Tim. Yeah, so I need to slow that thing down. That was way too good. So what I heard was two things, right, is mindset and mishandling. So your mindset in the trial, you need your mind renewed in order to see it the correct way. And in seeing it the correct way, you handle it correctly by enduring. Mm -hmm. So that way that that fiery trial could ignite that that sweet smell and aroma. Oh, come fire. on. <laughs> OK, OK, I'm, I'm picking up what's being put down. I just, <laughs> I just unpack that thing because that thing is way too good. <laughs> Tim. Excuse Come on, me. Willie G. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that just gave me a different insight into my grace being sufficient mm. when God was talking to Paul. Is he, so from what I'm just gaining here in this teaching, that was an opportunity for Paul to release the aroma, the fragrance of, of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Instead yeah. of asking for it to be taken away. Yeah, he said he said he, basically he's saying, come on, just let it be worship. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, uh, because any any time any, any in the in in Paul teaches, you know, um present your body, right, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable act of worship. So sacrifice and worship go together. But in order to have a sacrifice, there's got to be some fire. And so the fire is what produces the aroma. Otherwise, the sacrifice doesn't give off that sweet smelling aroma. Mm. Hopefully you look at trials differently as an opportunity to release the fragrance of Christ. Okay, so instead of thinking it's strange, there you go. <laughs> count it an opportunity. <laughs> yes, and and wow. like I said, if you read that chapter, he says that the glory of God, right, and the Spirit of God rest on you. Remember, you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire, which is really one thing. We think about it as two things, but the Holy Spirit consumes you like fire. And as the Holy Spirit consumes you, as you go through, the fragrance comes out because of the spirit that is consuming you like fire consuming the wood, right? Or consuming the sacrifice. And so the only way you can produce acceptable sacrifices that are pleasing to the Lord is through the spirit of God. Otherwise, your sacrifice means nothing. That's why he says if you suffer, don't suffer as a thief or a murderer. Suffer as a Christian because then uh, you can uh, you can commit yourself to God and he'll judge you properly. Willie. Oh, no, my fault. That was an old man. Oh, okay. <laughs> Marie. Oh, no. She popped off and popped back on. Okay. All right. I wish I had more time for this. 
but we got about 10 minutes to finish this thing off. But I'm dealing with some Bible scholars, so I figure y'all y'all will get it. Y'all will get it. Okay, how do we know that Jesus is the Son of God? How do we know? Give me some reasons. Throw some reasons out there that we... How do we know that Jesus is the Son of God? Come on, talk to me. Amber, how do you know that Jesus is the Son of God? Uh, because the Word became flesh. Um, and there were prophecies. <laughs> okay. You, you don't sound too confident about it, but okay. <laughs> I'm just thinking thinking like how like I don't know the direct scriptures. Right. No this Yeah. Okay. We're gonna make sure you know the direct scriptures. Nikki, mm -hmm. how how do we know Jesus is the Son of God? Um, well in Matthew three mm -hmm, mm -hmm. seventeen. All right, said, come on, scholar. No, it's kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. So one reason, one way we know is because God said so. Yeah. Okay. Because God said so. God said so. That's, <laughs> so we'll put that as our number one reason. God said so. Any other ways? How 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 else can we know that Jesus is the Son of God? If somebody's saying, "Well, y'all, you believe Jesus is the Son of God," it, it, Jesus never said he was the Son of God. How you know he's the Son of God? Uh, Marie. The spirit bears witness. The spirit bears witness. Okay. Okay. You now why when you say that, I want you to go and find me a verse that okay. says that. But I'll come back to you. Okay, hold up, hold up. I'll come back to you. Tim, what you got? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was looking back at Exodus 34-7, mm -hmm. where God is speaking of speaking of himself. Yeah. <laughs> he says that he is merciful, gracious, mm -hmm. long-suffering, mm -hmm. full of goodness and truth. Okay. And, and, and forgiving, you know, keeping mercy for thousands. And so I just see all those attributes from God the Father represented in Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay, so if we connect that with God saying that that's his son, and then you seeing him kind of look like him a little bit. Okay, okay. Uh, it, Family resemblance. Yeah, Family yeah, that's, that's kind of strong. I think somebody could argue you a little bit. They can probably dispute it a little bit. Willie and then Amber. I was just going to simply say, because it was according to the scriptures, according to 1 Corinthians 15. Okay. And what's that say? It says that Jesus Christ came. I'm paraphrasing off the top of my head, but mm -hmm. basically it said that Jesus came, he died for our sins, and he rose again according to the scriptures. Well, that would say that he's the Messiah. That would not say that he's the Son of God. Oh, I see. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Amber, what you got? She she went back and retooled. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say also because of he chose Mary, he said 
he came to Mary and said, I chose you to um, carry my son. Did he say carry my son? Well, not that. But, okay. Um, so that somebody could argue that and say, nah, he's, he's just, she just bore a prophet, you know, like uh, Hannah. Hannah bore a prophet. Samuel was a prophet. Jesus was just a prophet. <laughs> well, he gave him. I need to find the scripture because he gave him his name. He said Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. Which means God with us. That could be just a name. Joshua, the name Joshua means Yahweh saves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nikki? So, this is, and I, I looked this up, so I'm <laughs> using my uh, good Google. Um, what about Matthew 26, 63? What's it say? It says, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and the high priest rose and said to him, do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? But Jesus kept silent. And the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath, capital U, by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, son of God. And Jesus said to him, it is as you said. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. I put four up here for you to write down. Um, the first one is the father said so and there's multiple verses matthew chapter 3 verse 17 um matthew chapter 16 verses 16 through 17 you guys know about that one that uh peter said thou art the christ the son of the living god and jesus said my father in heaven has revealed that to you um matthew chapter 17 verse 5 is the mount of transfiguration the voice from heaven said this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In Luke chapter 8, verse 28, the man who was filled with legions said, Jesus, son of the most high God, why have you come to tor torment me? So the demons feared him and they knew who he was. Of course, John testified of it. He literally said that the one whom the spirit comes down on after our baptism, this one will be the Christ, the Son of God. And John said, I testify that he is the Son of God. Number four, and this is not all of them. You guys might have found some more. But this is just, just a few of them that you can have that you can go right to it. Paul, the apostle, believed it. So he taught the Corinthians that Jesus uh, was the Son of God. And it's throughout his teachings. But all these verses specifically say that Jesus is the son of God. Okay. Uh, Miss Edie. And then I think Nikki has her hand up again. Oh, no, that's down. Oh, okay. Did I have my hand up? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Epic. Okay. Yep. So if we look right here, I have a couple of them. First, we're going to turn to John uh, chapter 8, beginning in verse 14. It's Well, actually, let's begin right here um, in verse 12, let's say. Uh, dis dispute over Jesus' testimony. 
When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Right. Jesus Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I come from, came from and where I'm going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I'm going. You judge me by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. <clears throat> In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Okay, and then it goes down on on. Uh, that's one example. Well, that's not, not that. Well, hold on, hold on. That's one that I guarantee a Jehovah Witness will dispute you on, because he okay. doesn't actually say it. But he this says, is, okay. But here's the thing. No. Just like, so just like we discussed earlier, um, and I don't remember the word that it's called, but so he's using the law, okay, because. In the law, in the Old Testament, it says, yes, it does say, let every, and I don't know if this is in the Old Testament, but it mm-hmm. says, let every matter be established by the mouth of two or more witnesses, mm-hmm. right? By, by, by two or more witnesses. So he's confirming right here that he is one witness and that his father, who sent him, is the other witness. And um, at that time, okay, so... But see, but what but what I'm trying to explain to you is that you could use that scripture after you've already used a scripture that shows without a doubt that he's the son of God. So, like I said, I've given you four concrete scriptures that say he's the son of God, and then you can take that one and put it with it. Because then you then you're you're fitting it. Because a lot of times, you know, when I'm dealing with people who are saying, you know, you guys are following Jesus, and Jesus was just a prophet, and this, that, and the other. The Bible doesn't even say that he's the son of God. You know, there are verses that specifically say, you know, that he is the son of God. John testifies, like you said, mouth of two or for three witnesses. John testifies it. The Father testifies it. Jesus testifies of himself as three witnesses, right? Then Paul teaches it. He teaches it to the church. If Paul is teaching that he's the son of God, then Paul must believe it. And so you have these concrete and then you can add scriptures to it. Because one of the toughest things to do is when somebody says, well, you know, how do you know this? How do you know he's the son of God? If you give them scriptures that they got to kind of figure out, then they're going to struggle with it. But if you give them scriptures that say it concretely, like the father's voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son and whom I well please. There's no argument. God says it, you know, and then you can follow up with like a verse like that because you just, he just used that verse. He says, my father testifies on me. Well, where, where did he testify? And then you can go and show him. That's why I wanted to show you these verses that were concrete. That way you can use these other verses to follow up. Okay. Right. Tim and Thank then Amber you. and then we'll we'll close out after that. Okay. How about John seventeen, where Jesus he spoke these things, he lifted his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come, glorify your son, 
that the Son may glorify you, even as you have given him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So, so, so if I'm disputing that, I'm going to say, yeah, but we're all sons of God. And okay. if I'm and if I'm Jewish, he's going to say, well, yeah, if he's an Israelite, then, yeah, he's going to call himself a son of God because the Israelites are the sons of God. Wow. OK, well, thank you for those concrete scriptures. I'm gonna keep on. <laughs> no, this is good. but but that this but that good. verse that you have would go nicely yeah. if you have something concrete. Then you can say, and so look at this. Now, Jesus is saying that he's the son. The father has said that he's his son. And now Jesus is saying that he's the son. Right. Right. So you put right. it together with the concrete. Bless you. Oh, bless you. Bless you. Oh, thank you. I didn't realize I was uh, <laughs> um, sorry. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Now, was there another hand or did it disappear? It was me. Okay, go ahead. So this is kind of off topic, but not. It's just my question is, in this generation, or at least the generations to come, like most of them, well, I can't say even most, but I feel like we're gearing towards a generation that has a reprobate mind towards Jesus Christ. And so even, I feel like, I don't know, like the scripture that says, you know, don't basically don't argue with fools. And I just kind of feel like the people I have spoken to in the past that wanted to challenge me on the word, I felt like they've already had a reprobate mind. Well, I don't know. Maybe down the line, maybe that conversation planted a seed. Mm -hmm. But I feel like at this time in my life, or at least in my walk with the Lord, I'm just kind of like burnt out before the the battle has even begun. Yeah. With trying to to talk, like it's just so much energy because people don't want to hear; they just want to fight you. So it's like, is it even worth it? Yeah, and so what I would say is do not build a theology based upon how you feel, right? You build your theology theology based upon what you know about God. And so what we know about God is that he's not willing for anyone to perish, but that all would come to repentance. And so God's heart is to save every last person. Now, does that mean that they're going to be saved? No, because they have a free will. And like you said, they can resist. But the Bible is clear that, you know, uh, the, the, the man of God or the woman of God must be gentle. They must be humble, able to teach, right? So that they can correct someone who has gone astray and that they may, God may grant to that person repentance. Uh, James says that, if you turn a sinner, uh, if someone wanders away from the truth and you turn them back, you save a soul from death. And so our heart must be connected to God. He's going to lead us and guide us, you know, but we have to be open to him. And so we don't want to shut down, you know, but we want to be open to the Holy Spirit because there may be a person that, like you said, the seed has been planted, right? God then waters, you know, we water it and then God gives the increase. And so you don't want to ever not do your part. 
you know, because, yeah, there's probably a lot of people, you know, the Bible says that there's going to be a great falling away. So there's going to be a lot of people who are going to turn away. They're going to fall away. They're going to reject Jesus. They're going to reject the Bible. But that shouldn't stop us, you know, from studying to show ourselves approved. Workmen that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we shouldn't just not be ready for them just because, you know, we've had a bad experience. Well, here's the deal, like really quick, and I know we have to close, but mm -hmm. um, mom is an example. Just today, I spoke to her and, you know, the goddess and gods always come up in our conversations because she knows, like, it's just always a test for me mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. And at this point, and she talks about like the male, female architects and just all of that. And I'm like, what? I'm just kind of really exhausted with trying to like, at this point, I don't know how to hold a conversation. Like, do I refuse? Do I correct her? Do I just let her say what she say? Because I don't agree with her, but I don't necessarily say, well, no, that's not it. Blah, blah, because I already know she will become defensive well, and want to yeah. fight me. And so here's 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 what you do. And this is this is for everybody listening. Everybody listening. This is a great opportunity um, to 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 grow. This is why we keep studying so that we can, at every level, meet them at a deeper place. Because when you're tearing down a stronghold of belief, because her belief is not just her belief. Her belief is a part of a whole system. And she's captive in a whole system of idolatry. It's not just her. It's you're fighting against not just her, but an entire system of belief. And so as you're chipping away at it, you learn to sharpen your tools so that every time you talk, you are better at it, you know? And so whatever you said two years ago, you've got to know that you've got to be at a greater place than you were two years ago. Whatever you said two weeks ago, you've got to be at a greater place than you were two weeks ago two weeks ago. So you're always growing so that when they come, because they're going to keep coming, <clears throat> any, if, if we all have learned anything, <clears throat> the, the, the conversations always come back around, don't they? Whatever conversation we've had, right? No matter how it went, that conversation comes back around. And so the next time it comes around, I'm better at answering those questions than I was the first time it came around. And then it comes around again, I'm better again because this is our mission a lot of people are looking for ministry uh, in, in in places uh, that God is saying ministry is right in front of you you know the ministry is your family your friends your cousins your brothers your sisters your aunts your uncles your dads your moms your grandma that's ministry and so you're supposed to be preparing and fine-tuning yourself so that when they come you're ready to answer them I remember I, I think I had uh, to talk to uh, my uncle. I think it took me about, I'm going to say almost 10 years to finally get him off of he's an Israelite. I mean, and he came at me with every, and every time he came, he came with a new argument. And every time he came, I was ready. I had another friend who is now 
starting to come around, but he was a starch atheist. He was, as a matter of fact, he was uh, 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 vehement about the church. He was coming hard. Now, we actually talk about scripture and we actually go through scripture. But when I first talked to him, oh, how can you believe that stuff? Oh, that just, I mean, he was hard, but what I kept doing was I kept studying and kept growing so that every time he came back around, because he would come back around and try to poke at me. And yes, they are testing you. Yes, each and every one of you. That person, you're thinking about them in your mind. They're testing you. And you can either grow and be ready for them when they come, or you're going to get discouraged. And you're not going to want to see them coming. When they start coming, you're going to look for a way to play out, a way out. You're going to, like, I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to not answer the phone. I don't want to see them, right? That's that's how we feel. Like, I don't want to talk to that person because I know what they're coming with. And so you, you want to continue to grow and know that this is, this is God's heart for those people to be saved. Even the difficult ones, even the ones that are challenging. You know, you want them to go away before you go away. You just want to stay on your post and stay growing and stay learning. That's why we do these classes this way. That's why we're trying to equip people to have answers. That's why, you know, you can sit and get discipleship and ask all the questions you want. I will sit with you for 20 hours and answer every question you have if I can. If I can't, we'll find it together, right? Because... This is probably the most important ministry you will ever have, you know, is that loved one that, you know, the enemy would love to take them out with a Christian standing right next to them. He would love to say, yeah, I still got him. And you were right there and you couldn't do anything about it. But you can by the power of God. And so that's why we want to keep growing and maturing so that we're ready to have those. The Bible says that be ready to give an answer of the hope that is within you with humbleness and gentleness. You know, so you you got to you got to stay ready. Amen. 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 So, hopefully that in, yeah. out there where <laughs> the dark scene uh women are on this dark female energy archetype kick. So and 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 you're you. and you're uniquely equipped to handle it if you take the time and really learn the scriptures and how to you 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 are you you're the person uh amber you you have you have it in you to be able to address those things it's just like you said life and weariness um can keep you from being effective and so don't don't think that if it's coming at you it is because god uh, God is is pressing that on you to be able to speak to that thing, and so just try to continue to grow and 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 learn more about how to answer it from the scriptures. Answer it from the scriptures, Amen. All right. Well, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pray out, so those that want to leave can leave. Um, those that want to stay, I'll stay and answer some questions uh, afterwards. So. Anybody want to pray us out? Any volunteers? Who got it? Who got it? Who got it? Amen. <laughs> uh, 
Dearly Father, um, I just want to say thank you for the night of study. Um, thank you for the teachers. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord, that can break it down to each of us according to our understanding, our language that you speak to us, Lord. And I pray for a deeper understanding and questions to arise even as we go to sleep, Lord, so that we can come back with um, that hunger to dive deeper and to um, expand our knowledge so that we are equipped, Lord. And when we feel burned out and tired, we're just we're running away from those people like I am. <laughs> I pray that you would please replenish us and give us the strength to um, continue in the knowledge and the will to study, Lord. Um, and I just thank you for this time. And we say thank you. Amen. 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 Recording stopped. Okay. All right. Well, bless you. If, if you have some questions and you want to hang out for a minute, I'll hang out for a little while um, and answer your questions. Epic. Yes, I actually had a question real quick. If Am Is Amber still on the line? Amber, mm, still there? Yes, she's still here. Okay. It's really funny that she mentioned that because um, so I have this woman who I don't know, we became Facebook friends. We have a couple friends and in, in mutual friends in common. And she lives up here and she always sends me like happy Monday, happy Tuesday. And she'll send like a devotional. And it will be some legitimate stuff, which is like our daily bread or something like good night good night, uh And it'll be be something so legitimate, right? Well then she basically asked me last night if I wanted to join a book club, basically. And so the name of the book, and I, I think Amber might be familiar with this. I don't know if you are. Um, but the name of the book is Women Who Run With Wolves. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then, like, okay, first of all, so I looked mm -hmm. at the book. Okay, now, first of all, it's really weird because somebody else, like, some sometime, like, maybe last year, had introduced me to this book and I just literally read a couple pages and I was like, yeah, this isn't what I believe in. Gotta Good go. night, Nikki. Mm -hmm. so, now when this woman, because the way how she had already kind of gotten like under my skin like that, she was a Christian, but then she presented the book and I didn't really necessarily, it sounded familiar, but then I started trying to look at it on Kindle and I started looking at it and I'm like, Y'all aren't saying nothing. What you are saying isn't lining up. So I don't really want to be a part of this book study anymore. So yeah, that book is um is the new age stuff. So I would stay away from that. Thank you, thank you. And I needed I needed to hear that too because that's what I was like. Yeah, I'll probably do it. Still in my mind, okay, Marie, you were just thinking about a book study. This and that, not, but I keep having to remind myself just because something gets sent to you doesn't mean it's sent by God, you know. And I don't, I don't want to be wasting my mental energy studying something that's so far from what I believe, you know. And it's so, up to you, up to you, like Holy Spirit, if He tells you to read it so that you know what's in it and you can answer their questions, then you know. But I don't uh, think that's what Spirit. 
I don't see because I already I don't I don't necessarily feel like compelled to read it. I don't know who's all in this book study. I don't really feel that it's necessary for me because I'm pretty strict on I, I just kinda believe the Bible. Like I don't it, it's a little bit too deep for me, a whole lot of nothingness. Because, I mean, just the amount of work they use to say very little, I don't have time for that, really, to be honest. You yeah, know? here's um, here's, uh, here's a, 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 a quick, you know, um, what they call it, the excerpt. It says, within every woman there's a wild and natural creature, um, a powerful force filled with good instincts, passionate creativity, and ageless knowing. So a lot of this is new age already. Um, her name is Wild Woman, but she is an endangered species. Though the gift of wildish nature comes to us at birth, society attempts to civilize us into rigid roles, has plundered the treasure and muffled the deep life-giving message of our souls. Uh, wild Woman, we have become over-domesticated, fearful, um, uncreative and trapped and so it's kind of appealing um, to the the the, the um, some of the issues that women may feel um, in today's culture it's kind of the same thing that like um, like a Hebrew Israelites does w when it comes to the black men it focuses on what's wrong with society and then brings tries to draw you in by saying, yeah, see how they've mistreated black men, and don't you know that you're a king, and don't you know you come from this, and and so it's yeah, the same Hebrews type of message. Negroes or whatever Negroes are Hebrews, Hebrews so the real yeah, Hebrews, Hebrews, yeah. So, so it's it's the same kind of thing, you know, that mm -hmm. that uh, Satan did in the garden. Eve, the the you know God, he didn't really say you were going to die. Don't you know you'll be like him if you eat of this? Isn't it wonderful? Doesn't it look beautiful to the eye? And so it's the same thing as appealing to the pride of life um, right. and the desires of the flesh. And it's not only yeah. new age, but almost like, you know, new like some, like, yeah, new age mysticism. Yeah. Also like, kind of like, uh, uh, maybe like Native American, you know. But, um, a little bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah. I think, yeah, I think you guys are right. I'm just going to, and you know what, Amber, you were probably, I think, I, what I feel Garden of the Holy Spirit is not that he would have me to do this book study, but probably that he had you present that specifically tonight. Because as soon as I heard you say female archetype, I was like, hold on, right. wait a minute. I'm telling you, yeah. Amber. I'm telling you, Amber. You are, you 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 are. God is is raised you up for such a time as this, and life comes to kind of drain us and keep us distracted but i know that that's that's your area it is but it's just it's a heavy yeah it's, it's it, heavy. it is it is i know it oh man <laughs> I know it. the first workshop i had someone brought a gender identity book and yeah. i was like i already knew that was gonna happen yeah <laughs> uh, you so, know because yeah. it, it's the same way for me you know i know that you know, God, God has called me to deal with doctrine and more than anything else, doctrine is my thing. I study doctrine so that I can ground people in it, you know, and a lot of times 
stuff comes at me and it's like, man, if I'm not focused, you know, when stuff it becomes overwhelming and it actually becomes discouraging because you feel like, how am I going to overcome this thing? It's so vast and people have so many mixed up ideas and you're trying to figure out how to get through them. But what the Holy Spirit does is he shows me the thread so that I can pull that one thread that causes the ball to unravel. But in order to do that, I have to stay in prayer, I have to stay in the word, and I have to stay ready because it's so, oh man, it's like looking into, you know, a million overlapping, I mean, it's just, and just finding that one thread, a lot of times it's buried in there because a person has buried it with hurt and confusion and abuse and trauma and underneath all that is this one thread that if you can pull it, they'll start to open up and then you can really share the word of God with them. And so, you know, I'll definitely be praying for you and all those that have ministries to difficult, you know, people, uh, because we, we can't just forget about them, you know? Yeah, I need to revamp in my spirit, honestly. Amen. Yeah. Any so other? What do you think? Mm -hmm. oh, sorry. I was going to just say, any other questions? Um, you guys that don't want to hang out, you can drop off if you don't have a question. But if you have one, I'll, I'll stay. Yeah, um, Amber, if you're still on, I put a, a post on the chat because um, you mentioned about not arguing with fools, and it just kind of brought back to mind Proverbs 26. Four and five says, do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you will also be like him. But mm -hmm. then it says, answer a fool as his folly deserves, that he not be wise in his own eyes. And yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. That's yeah, good one. so I just want to encourage you. I agree with everything that's just been said. I was really feeling that about you having, you have discernment. Mm-hmm. You have that ability to see kind of like what's going on and um, in a way that will open up doors of understanding for people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, because so, Amber, yeah. Amber, you catch the words that other people wouldn't catch. Like somebody will say something and it red flags you, whereas everybody else in the room missed it. <laughs> right. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. I guess I haven't noticed that. Oh no, it's it's obvious. You catch it. Somebody says something, it's like you pick up on those words. You're like, oh, I know what that is. You know, whereas that's how you know that God has uniquely, you know, gifted you to deal with that realm of things. Oh, oh yeah, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So don't grow weary. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, it's crazy how like the generation um, of my sister, where she's like eighteen, nineteen now, and the generation behind her is really affected by this whole dark feminine energy, Lilith stuff. Mm -hmm. My. My stepsister, well, I grew up with her, so I just called her sister, but her younger sister is 18, 19, 
um, and she's been hurt in her childhood, and so she's taken on like this identity of like a siren, yeah. and calls herself, you know, a slut and things, and it's just it's really concerning, and it's scary. I'm scared for my kids because I'm like, that's what's out there, that's what's trending. Right, and and you know, I I I agree. You know, I um. I posed a question to a group of young adults and I'm actually going to do a podcast after the beginning of the year. Um, And one of the things that we talked about was what is the church going to look like in 10 years? Because people are like, yeah, 20, 30 years. I don't think so. I think we need to be looking at what is it going to be like in 10 years? Because the groups that are supposed to be coming up, a lot of them are looking into other stuff. They're looking at other disciplines, other religion, other belief systems or no belief system at all. And a lot of it Mm -hmm. is because when they come to people in the church, they're not willing to sit down and dialogue with them and show them how scripture, you know, speaks to the things that they're concerned about. A lot of people are so uneducated about, you know, and there's a term exegesis, right? And so we mm-hmm. used exegesis for the Bible, but we got to learn how to exegete our culture. We got right. actually know how to look into our culture and say, okay, what is God saying as it relates to that? When people come to me with stuff, I'm like, what is God saying as it relates to that? I want to engage them, not shut them down or run away from them. Yeah. And honestly, it's because our generation is so aggressive and lawless that we're I hate to say this term, but like we're punked. And I feel yes, like it's a it's yeah. a spirit of intimidation. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> and it's dangerous out there to be a Christian, to be honest, like it, right now. And it's only going to get worse. And so it's like if I have my kids with me and someone's hostile come at me like that makes me not want to stand out like that right there because of I want to protect my kids. You know what I mean? I yeah. know you've been in some hostile situations. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have. Is. But what I did was, and what this is what you'll have to do, is that you're going to have to train those kids up. You know, my daughter now is, um, you know, 25. And I still have to say, hey, is that the way scripture views it? And she has to stop right. and recalibrate. But she's got a foundation in her. And so you got to do the same thing with your kids, because what if you're not the one, you know, that will speak to that next generation in the 10, 10 to 20 years from now, they have to be equipped to be able to handle it because these kids are, mm-hmm. are tougher than you think they are. They're smarter. They're tougher. They're, they, 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 um, they adapt faster and they're going to be able to uh, speak to things that, you're going to feel like time has passed you by on, you know, and so your goal is to equip them, you know, with those answers to things that you're like, wow, I really struggle with this. I better have an answer for them, you know, so that they can speak to it when it comes at them. That's true. You're right. I guess the fear is more about me than them. Yes, but they, they need to be equipped. You know, you have to train them up. G. Barry. Nah, yeah, man, I was just listening. 
listening in, I was just thinking about who's the one person in my life right now who is like, I'd much rather not deal with. And it was my cousin, mm-hmm. my cousin Charlotte, man. There, there's so many layers to um, to my cousin because it's like a part of me is hurt because I'm like, yo, I want to actually just have a genuine relationship with you. But there's this demeaning, um, intimidating kind of vibe where it's yeah. like, I'm your elder. You know what I'm saying? And I get triggered with that because I feel like my back's against the wall. I'm out to fight you. I'm like, ah, I'd rather not deal with you, <laughs> you know? But, you know, after listening to what everybody was saying, and it wouldn't be loving my neighbor if I didn't tell her the truth. Right. You feel me? So it's like, that's one. I'm like, it's not even the fact that I don't even know the truth. It's not even the fact that I don't even know what to say to her. My thing is, is, um, you know, engaging her, it triggers me because I'm like, man, are you going to, like, I'm being judgmental now I'm thinking about it because yeah. what's really happening is is I'm equating her with every previous encounter in any kind of conversation I've had with her. It's, you know, the text messages and blowing up my phone. So I really, really do thank God for just listening in to, you know, to Epic and to you, Amber, and to Tim and everybody because it's like, nah, I, I don't want to be like the folks you know, out there back in the day, the Israelites and Luke, I don't want to just be selfish. Right. I don't want to just be that one where it's just about me. Right. So, and and, and you don't even have to go, you don't even have to go back that far. You can just go back to the next, the last generation, you know, my generation and the generation before us that there was no way that they were going to have these conversations with people. As soon as somebody said something about, you know, uh, um, archetype, they're like, oh, no, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to hear that. That's witchcraft. I'm getting away from that. You know, yeah. instead of, well, let's explore that and let's see what the word of God says to that. Because the word of God has been handling these things for thousands of years. You know, within our Bibles, it talks about, talks about uh, the, the goddess Asherah and Dinah and, um, you know, the, 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 the Python spirit. And all these different things that are right in our scriptures that if we actually look, it's already been talked about. It's already been dealt with. And we just have to understand the context that it was in and then say, okay, so how do I relate to that? And so how will that help me? Because Paul dealt with a lot of this stuff because he went into a lot of Gentile nations where they were already, they had already set up full worship systems for other gods, you know? And so they were totally into other stuff and so most christians are like no i just want to go to church and hear a good word and that's it instead of wanting to be equipped to be able to do the work of ministry you know and i'm praying that in 2020 uh 2022 that people would break out of their box you know and like an amber that god would refresh you and restore you and reignite you know that 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 desire to reach people you know give you time to study i mean you've gone through so much in the last couple of years it's probably really hard to take time and study but i'm praying that god gives you that time um as he gives to all of us you know and you know i'm here you know i you know for a lot of people i can be a shortcut for you but what i like to do is i'll I'll give an answer but i'll also give you the resources and where to go and study for yourself because that's what i believe god has called me to do to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. Yeah. 
So, amen. Well, if there are no other questions, we'll let you guys get some rest tonight. You know, a lot of people have been getting sick. Part of that is getting some rest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, God bless you all. Love you guys. Um, enjoy the rest of your night. Amen. 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 <laughs> all right, guys. All right. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll see y'all tomorrow. All, all right. right. Well, what, what, how are we going to do? Are you going to do the morning coffee on the phone? Um, I don't know. Usually morning coffee is only a couple of people. So I don't think that's okay. a, that's an issue, you know. So if it's just two or three of us, you know, in person, we don't, you know, you know, um, that's not a big deal. So we'll just okay. keep keep it the way it is. And so uh, if you were gonna come, you can you can come, and we'll just we'll chill and go from there. You know, okay. if, if it's just you, then you get some one on one time. We can go real deep. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I may I may be able to come. Okay, well, if you can bring bring your bring your questions, let's get in there deep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This was good. this was good. This was well worth the energy drink to <laughs> stay stay awake long enough to hear this. So you gave me some more things to chew on. Thank you. Amen. Thank Amen. you. Well, God bless you guys. Love you. Y'all have a great Love night. Love you too. God bless you. Good night. All right, you've been listening to the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. Your host, Anthony Wilson. You joined us in a live discussion, question and answer, uh, Bible study about the baptism of Christ. We also went into the Holy Spirit, um, Holy Spirit and fire, both Old Testament and New Testament. And how do we know that Jesus is the Son of God? And so hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, tune in to our next podcast. God bless you.